Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. Well, over the New Year's holiday, I had a chance to get away a couple days. I went down to my sister's place in Chicago, and, and while there, I was able to, to get together with a guy I've known for 39 years. He was my youth pastor my senior year in high school, and he was uh, a guy who was very influential with me. Uh, I met him under very strange circumstances uh, in the church office. I was trying to persuade my girlfriend that she really didn't want to break up with me, and uh, that was the day that we met, and so as we talked, we was like, you know, there was something funny going on. We recall that each time. But as, as we talked about our life and we shared much uh, through, through my college years and, and in the years since then, he served at that church for 10 years and then has been on the mission field for, for the last 29, the last 22 of which in, in this country of Ukraine. And he has been working continuously with students, now college students, and, and teaching them English, but also teaching them about the Lord Jesus. And what a great pleasure. This friend of mine for almost four for decades, who we've shared the Lord, we've shared our lives together, and to hear the things that he's doing. And there's difficult things, family things that are going on, struggles in ministry, and, and we're able to talk about those things, but to hear and to just connect again, this is my brother, and to be able to talk with him and, and reconnect with him, it's a beautiful thing. And Undoubtedly, at some point, you, you've experienced similar things in, in your life and connecting with others from your past, those maybe who helped lead you to the Lord or, or grow faithful or, or grow stronger in your relationship with Him. This is one of those great things. And, and it's not just limited to those that we've known for decades, but it also happens with those whom we just meet and yet know as well that they know our Lord and Savior. And we have this thing in common, are able to, to have discussions about it. I was also able to meet a brother for the first time. He is pastoring one of the churches I pastored down in Shoulder Park. And we were able to talk and, and again, share joys of ministry, how we got to where we're at, and, and also some of the struggles of life and walking. And this is, this is the family, right? This is what being part of the community is about. We do this together. Uh, we've been looking at the book of Acts, and we've seen these things play out there as well. It's been about a month since we've been in the book of Acts, and uh, the last place we stopped was Paul was headed back to Jerusalem with a boatload of money. He had been collecting money from the churches in, in, in Greece and in Asia and the Roman Empire to bring back to the Jew Jewish Christians in Jerusalem uh, because of famine, because of some struggles, they needed help, and so they were headed on back there, and he, he meets with the, the elders and leaders from Ephesus, and, and it's an, there's an indication at the end he's not going to see them again, that he's probably not going to be able to pass through that way again. His desire is to go to Jerusalem and then Rome and then even beyond possibly to Spain and minister. And, and, and they left with tears that they would not see each other again because they loved each other. This is what the community is about, right? Well, as the story goes, and... And uh, that's not two verses I'm talking about. I'm, we're we're going to cover three chapters here, but I'm going to summarize much of them and, and read a little bit about this. But uh, as the story goes on, 
Paul is beginning to, 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 to make this trip and he gets in a boat and they sail and they, and they head and they land on the, the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea in, in what we would call Syria and he meets with brothers there and, and some strange things happen as, he's, as he meets with them and, he, and then he goes down the road a little bit or down the sea a little bit further to the south headed toward Jerusalem. He gets all these people saying, don't go to Jerusalem. The Spirit is telling me, don't go to Jerusalem. Do not do this. Uh, as he entered his, uh, another city, Agabus the prophet comes to him again. He'd met this prophet previously who had given some prophecies to him. And, and he comes up to him and he takes Paul's belt and he wraps his belt around his own hands. And, and he says, in this way, Paul will be taken from Jerusalem, indicating you're going to be in prison there. And so the people again say, don't go. Please don't do this. And, and Paul's response is, Guys, you're breaking my heart here. You're, you're crushing me here. i got to go and do this. And so he proceeds on. Now part of it is, is to bring this great gift, but part of this is some sense that the Lord has something for him there. But what do we make of that? And is he being faithful to something that God has told him to do, which we're not privy to, or is he being foolish? Because he's all these people, godly brothers and sisters, saying, don't do this. This is not okay. Don't go and do this. But he goes ahead and does it anyways. And he arrives in Jerusalem. And as he arrives in Jerusalem, there's great rejoicing because there's brothers and sisters there. And, and he tells them, this is what God has been doing among Gentiles. You sent me as a, as a disciple, as an apostle to the Gentiles to tell them about Jesus. And so many people are coming to faith. We have churches all over that region. I've been leading people and then other people come to faith and they lead others. It's just fantastic. And there's just excitement about that. And and then as, as James and the other elders of, of Jerusalem said, well, the church has grown here. There are many, there's thousands who are faithful to the Lord Jesus. They've got Jewish background. And so they're committed to the law and doing things. And they think that well, there's rumors about you telling Jews they don't have to do any of the Jewish things. They don't have to do any of these kind of practices any longer. And, 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 and so would you do something for us? We got four guys here who are going to take vows of commitment. And, and would you take them to the temple and pay their fees? And that will demonstrate to everyone that you're not, this is not what you're doing. And, and Paul does that. He recognizes, okay, this is, this is a concern and, and, and somehow we have to, to build the bridge here between brothers and sisters. So he does that. And he, and he takes these four guys and they get their heads shaved and, and they're going to go through purification rites. And, and part of that, they go, they go one week and then uh, they have to come back a, a second week. And so does it. And the point is, I, I'm showing you, Jews who are watching me, that I'm not this, this wild-eyed guy who's trying to destroy everything but I, I'm continuing to be faithful to the Lord. And, and so he does this. Um, and that moves us to, uh, to chapter 22, and actually chapter 21, and, and in verse 27, and I want to start from there and, and read some of the things that are going on. So when the seven days were nearly over, 
some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. Now, the province of Asia was where Paul was ministering. It was There were many riots in some of those cities in Philippi and other places where, where Paul had talked about who Jesus was and there was contentions. He went to the synagogues and, and he told them, this is our Messiah and some believed and yet some didn't. And, the, uh, and, and those who didn't became very uh, violently opposed to him. And some of them happened to be in Jerusalem and see Paul at the temple with these four guys. And so as the story goes on, they... They saw him at the temple, and they shouted at the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Men of Israel, help us! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple area and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple area. And then verse 30 says, the whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions. And uh, Basically, a riot comes out of this and the, the Roman garrison is alerted and they, they said, there's a, there's a mob and a riot happening in Jerusalem. we got to take care of it. And so they come rushing and, and they come and basically rescue Paul from being beaten to death there. And you're, you're wondering, okay, all these warnings that Paul received, maybe he should have heeded them. Why did he go through with this? I mean, he tried to make nice, right? And he tried to do things that would say, I'm not against you. But here we have these accusations and, and the hardship. And, and, he's, and he's, he's being detained and taken away. Um, he, he wants to try one more thing. As, as the people are there and he, and he asks the, the, the soldier who's, who's taken him out, let me speak to the people. He says this in Greek, and the guy says, well, you speak Greek. Uh, uh, said, let me speak to the people. And then he begins to address this crowd in Aramaic. So in Aramaic would have been their language there that they would have been speaking, and, and it would have been native to them, and they would have understood it. And, and so starting in verse uh, chapter 22-1, this is the speech that he, he makes to them. And it's, basically it's his testimony. He wants to, this is, this is how I've come to this place. And so he says, Brothers and fathers, listen to my defense. And when they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. Under Gamaliel, I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as jealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as also the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. 
A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Well, when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking. Quick, he said to me, leave Jerusalem immediately because they will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these men know that I went from one synagogue to another to, Im to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So we have this impassioned speech of Paul speaking to the people saying, This is what's happened. This is my story. Can I tell you what happened? I was one who was against all this. And yet God came and told me I had to change my direction. And yet as he comes to this place of, of coming back to Jerusalem, the Lord said, now I, you're going to be my chosen instrument to go to the Gentiles. The response to this is, is pretty stark. As he says these words in verse 22, the crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him! He's not fit to live! <laughs> and so the conflict begins again, and they begin riotous. And so then the commanders of the Roman army, they've got to take him out again and, and protect him from this mob that wants to get rid of him. And, and again you think, was this a mistake? <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking? What's, what's leading you? And, and, and it's... You wonder what's going on here. Except one of the things as we see Paul, Paul's not an idiot. We've been watching him as we've walked our way through this book, and we've seen that there have been times in his ministry where God has said, I don't want you to do that. He was going to head to Lystra, and he's going to head to Asia Minor and minister, and, and the Spirit of Jesus, it says, says, don't go there. I don't want you to do this. Uh, and, and we've seen him avoid getting in prison or beaten. They, he, he's, he got his way out of several of the cities where riots had happened and, and snuck away so that he didn't get killed or beaten or imprisoned. And even as he begins to head off towards Jerusalem with this large gift, he hears of a plot to kill him, and so he goes a different way. And, and so he knows that there's people out to get him and there's things to avoid, and he knows how to listen to the Lord. So, so what's going on here? Did he just not do it this time? And, and one of the things as we look at the circumstances here, uh, how, do we, how do we define or how do we interpret the circumstances? Because as he's getting beaten, as he's going through this difficult stuff, it'd be pretty easy to say, that's not good. This is not a good thing. This is, this is bad. And then as we take a step back and think through what the ministry is all about, one of the things that Ananias said to Paul when he went to Damascus, or what he said to Ananias is, I've shown Paul what he must suffer for my sake. And Paul is clear to say, I'm not, I'm ready to die for this if I need to. 
And we've seen in the history of the church that sometimes out of disastrous things, God brings good things. That in, in, the, in the killing sometimes of missionaries, God is able then after that to bring about a revival, bring about people coming to him. Many of you are familiar with the story of Jim Elliott who came in, uh, into South America and was killed. And then his wife Elizabeth came after that. And as they ministered, the people were blown away that, that this woman would still come to them after they killed her husband and saw a revival happen among them, saw them come to faith in Jesus. And so one of the things for us as we interpret these events is, is maybe to not look at them with a framework that we're accustomed to and say, you know, not being beaten is good and being beaten is bad. And not that Paul is a masochist, because he, he, he does like to not be beaten. Uh, in fact, in a, later after this episode, the Romans are going to start, start flogging him. And he says, hey, is this, a, is this legal for you to do to a Roman citizen? And that puts them all, whoa, 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 you're a Roman citizen? Whoa, 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 what's going on here? We're just about to flog and imprison a Roman citizen without due process. This is not okay. And, and so he is able to escape that beating there. But some of this he walks through. He goes to Jerusalem knowing the risk and the difficulties. And yet we're still wondering, is this right? Well, after he is rescued from this and, and is imprisoned overnight, put in the barracks for protection, uh, he goes to the Sanhedrin the next day. And they begin to talk to him and ask him. And, and uh, uh, they have sharp words for him. Uh, and he is struck even there. But then he speaks to them about, well, this is happening because of the resurrection. Because I believe in the resurrection. And he does that in the midst of a crowd that is a little bit different in terms of how they look at it. Um, uh, verses, verse 5 of chapter 23. Paul replied, brothers, I did not realize he was a high priest. He had said something. Um, he called the, the high priest a whitewashed wall, which... Uh, was not appreciated. And he said, I, I, I did not realize he was a high priest for his written, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. And then says that Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, my brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. I stand on trial because of my hope in the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees said that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. And there was a great uproar. And some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously, we find nothing wrong with this man. And this dispute became so violent that the commanders were afraid Paul would be torn to pieces again. <laughs> but after this happened, and, and this is kind of the, the golden nugget in all of this, in chapter 23, verse 11, it says, the following night, Paul is in the barracks, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Now, the Lord there is, uh, is going to be the Lord Jesus uh, when, when Paul sees the Lord on the road to Damascus. It's Jesus. And the reference here to the Lord is Jesus. And so, Somehow Jesus appears and says, take courage. You have testified to me in Jerusalem. As you've done that, so you will also testify to me in Rome. God knows what's going on here. 
all these steps that he's taken, God is tracking what's going on. And Paul has had some opportunities. He gives his testimony to all those people about what God has done in his life, how he had drawn himself. Uh, he, he begins to testify even before the Sanhedrin about the resurrection. God is doing something here. And despite the difficulties and the hardships he's going through, God is in this. Now, does it answer the question, this is what he was supposed to do and God called him to it? Uh, well, that's something we, won't, we don't know for sure, is it? Knowing God's will, well, that's a challenge for us. I mean, it may have been God told him. We don't have any evidence of that in the text. But it may have been that he just felt like he needed to do it and was wrong. How do we know what the, the will of God is? When there's things we know we shouldn't do, right? If we're, if we're familiar with the scriptures and, and what it says in, in, uh, in the Bible about how we live, there's things we shouldn't do. We shouldn't live immoral lifestyles. We shouldn't do, uh, we can take a look at the Ten Commandments even as use those. And it's just a basic guide to love the Lord our God, to, to not put anything above him, to, to not murder and to not, uh, to not lie and to not commit adultery and, and not steal. These are, these are basic things of we shouldn't do these things. Uh, we're called as well, if we're looking for a, a partner, we're called to, to not be unequally yoked, it would say, to, to be connected with someone who, who knows Jesus. And these are things we should do. And so there's things we know we should do and we know we shouldn't do. And, and yet, what about the other stuff? Should I go to Jerusalem or shouldn't I? I don't know. Now, it could have been a case for, for Paul here. It was like, okay, Paul really not what I wanted you to do. I wanted you to listen to them, but I can work with this. And that's the thing that carries the day always, isn't it? That whatever has happened to this point, God doesn't say, well, I have no idea what to do now. <laughs> what, what, what do I do with this? Uh, it says in Romans 8, that, 28, that, that, uh, that God knows the things that are going on in our life. And that He... And all these things can bring good from whatever the circumstances are. And whatever mess-ups we made, God says, I, I can work with this. It wasn't really what I intended here, but I can work with this. I think that's the essential thing for all of us in this. We want to follow God. We want to do what's right. And we want to listen and hear what He's calling us to do. And maybe we blew it in the past. But what can we do? That's happened. All we can do is today. Whatever has brought us to this place this day, that's happened. We can't change that. And we don't know what the future holds, but we know that today I can follow the Lord and serve Him. I can listen to Him on what He's calling me to do today. What does He want from me? How do I follow and listen to Him? You have ears that listen to Him, that know Him. Again, part of that is to be able to, to know the Scriptures and to listen to Him and walk with Him and, and talk with Him, to pray to God and spend time speaking but also listening and asking what He would call us to do and then to follow and be obedient to that. That's what we can do. That's the call for us to live this out this day. 
I have left several churches. In fact, every church I've served before this, I've left. Obviously, I'm here today. Why I did that? I felt the Lord was calling me. Do I know this for sure? I, I think, but I'm not sure, right? We don't ever know for sure. But we listen anyways. We take our knowledge of who God is and our circumstances, and we say, Lord, what is the next step? How do I live this out? And then we move forward. What is God calling you to do? Is it to walk and know Him faithfully? Is it to take the step and begin to walk with Him? What is God calling you today to know and to walk with Him? In the end, that's all we can do, right? In, a man, in his heart, a man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. And that's the thing that, that directs all of it. That God still knows where we're at. And whatever we've done, he says, yeah, I can work with this. God can work with you. God can work with you whatever situation you're in today because he knows you and knows how he's designed you. That he, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he's planned for in advance. Let's stand for closing prayer. Father, this morning we come before you and uh, just as we look at the history of our brother Paul and the things that he went through, Lord, uh, it's amazing to see all the different dynamics that happened there, some of the hard things, the difficult things, the miraculous things. And Lord, as we listen to those, help us to, to enter into this life with you, to enter a life boldly and with confidence in who you are and to have ears to hear that when you're saying to take courage and, and go forward, that we might do that. And if you're saying step back and, and uh, take it easy for a little bit, that we might hear that as well. But in all these things, to place our faith and our trust in you, who knows us and knows our life and knows the plans that you have for us. May we see you, know you, and be faithful to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you this day. Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.